Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys from What Culture. Michael Hamlet, Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review the show formerly known as NXT, but Oh, <laughs> pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by the Dudley Boys to review last night's episode of NXT Spring Breaking, dude. Oh, bro, it's just like, dude, you get the best barrels ever, dude. Just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them. And you just drop in and just smack the lip. Drop down, snap, and then after that, you just drop in, you just ride the barrel and get pitted, so pitted like that. What an emotional <laughs> roller coaster last night was. Yeah, it's a bit let down if I'm brutally honest. Maybe it's because uh, with the pay per view special at this point, the takeovers as they used to be, you know you're going in for match, 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 and typically you get a lot more angles than this episode had. I forget sometimes the TV specials have got to be match heavy and this lacked a little bit of the fun that I think we come in for on this podcast. There was still some. Christ, there was still some. Uh, They led with it, in fact, and they top and tailed with it. But uh, a couple of the the things on this, the developments were a little bit disappointing, I thought, on this one. Let's just say that uh, felt like a a very green banana (laughs) at about 5.20, 5.30am this morning. There's, there was so much left in, in a particular development that appears to have been tied up, and I'm genuinely quite heartbroken, but we will get to that. Mm. The wrestling was of a, of a poor standard, <laughs> mostly, and that's yeah. to say the absolute least. Yeah. And I'm fairly certain we are part of... We're witnesses to a crime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And not for the first time on this show. Yeah. But this was really obvious. <laughs> yeah. It's normally a little bit more implied... We witnessed the <laughs> kidnapping, the sort of finishing off, and then the p- post-murder scene, basically. Working on the assumption that the victims here appear on WWE's main roster, Amazing. say this Friday or next Monday, for example. This will be the second time we've seen an NXT murder that is then not acknowledged in like another wrestling universe. Because I'll... Oh, two dimes was suddenly the stinger, wasn't he? Yeah. So like the, <laughs> the idea of people in NXT going, kill me next if this is what yeah. happens. <laughs> yes, boy! Um, but the show opened. And well, there might be a wrinkle to that tale, but I will save it until the end. Ooh. Um, the show opened. I love... They did this last year, didn't they? Yeah. 
the introductory video. It's every special. It's every special. But every spring break one. Especially the spring break ones, yeah. Uh, uh, Where it's them running through the matches, but it's just everyone having a bloody good time. And just coincidentally talking about (laughs) the forthcoming matches. Ivy Niles having an arm wrestling contest whilst Julius Creed goes, "Eh, who is going to win the NXT Championship, actually? Um, Big Body Javi's pissing off Dabba Kato and runs past women talking about the mixed tag team match. Uh, Nathan Fraser is hanging, hanging out with Wendy Chu, you know, as you do, playing cornhole, uh, and he's teaching her how to, to do it right, and she nails it, and then she goes, hey, you're quite good at this now. If I stand a chance of this, maybe Andre Chase stands a chance. Nah, he's going to get fucking murdered by Brom Breaker. It's quite simple. You just use the angle of the table, and that's where you put the beanbag. <laughs> such a dog. <laughs> And then <laughs> it was one of his home truths, was it? Yeah. <laughs> How you play cornhole? Gimmick already. Uh, and then the w- women's tag team champions <laughs> get up to fountain whilst talking about Indy Hartwell uh, and Big Body Harvey falls into the fountain. What's he like, Asage? He's a bloody idiot. We are so fortunate, as are the camera crew that were dispatched to this picnic, that all of the conversations Cook out. The, all of the conversations could be. Tied to matches on this card. Otherwise, what a waste of time it would have been for the camera crew and indeed us, the viewers. It's so fortunate that all the conversations just ended up feeding perfectly into the entirety of this card. It was so contrived and not even funny. Just a total joke. I loved it. Like when you, you know. Remember the toxic attraction one on the phones? Uh, he's an ugly bastard, <laughs> and he's in action tonight. <laughs> like they were all like texting each other. Yeah, they did the same thing with poor Brooks with Lash Led uh, with. Uh, yeah. I think it was Lash Legend mm-hmm. and Electra Lopez. Maybe yeah. When they were basically saying, "I like the new fit on Brooks Jensen. I still don't find him attractive." <laughs> and uh, Keanu James has gotten wrapped around a little finger. Well, what was? Why say was it, that? Was it, was it last year's spring breaking where he was basically jacking it at the pool? Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Because he did a lot of jacking it, but he's you know he's matured now, so we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, the show opened with the first ever trunk match, which got me very excited, and then the sort of wave of fear of like, oh no. What if it goes wrong here? Um, and uh, out comes the family. Uh, and by the way, the car they're using is a 1947 Dodge Classic mm. parked in the back. It's actually Stax's uncle's car. Of course. Who's yet to be introduced to the uh, rest of the podcast team here. We should ask Stax later what his uncle's called. One second. <laughs> I'm just going to Google something completely unrelated. <laughs> Names from the Godfather. Uh, Right. So, um, in comes Pretty Deadly, and uh, Tony Stacks immediately go out and start the match, and there's weapons everywhere. There's wheelbarrows of weapons being brought in, basically. Um, But Pretty Deadly take over, chuck them into the apron. There's chains initially. Um, Anyway, the family take back over, and they do the spot where Tony hip-tosses Stacks into one of Pretty Deadly, uh, and they try and take him towards the car. You're only about two minutes in, lads. Let's... We're trying to get five stars from Dave Meltzer here. Um, but thankfully, that's not the end. Um, they go back to the ring. There's trash can lids being used. Uh, but Stax, as he has done a few times now, really running the show for the family. Uh, he nails uh, Elton, I think it was, and drop kicked a, a uh, bin lid onto him. And Tony nails the other one uh, with a bin lid. Stax is beating Kit up. 
Tony shoves the wheelbarrow into Elton's knee. Uh, there's a brawl. Tony hits a spine buster. Uh, this is after we've gone to a break, I should say. Oh, I think maybe just before this, actually. This might have just been before the break. Uh, one of them gets slammed into a kiddie pool with balls in it. Yeah. <laughs> balls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And stacks boogie boards use, sent on users a boogie board. Oh, my God. Uh, to take us to a break. Uh, we come back pretty dead here in control, but Stax and uh, Tony take back over. Um, really hard chair shots. Um, they go to this spot again with the hip toss, but this time pretty deadly moved. Uh, and Stax goes straight into a chair that's been set up in the corner. Um, Tony gets taken. Uh, Tony gets taken out. Stax gets hung up in the tree of woe, and he has to watch. It's pretty deadly. Set up a trash can and double suplex Tony into it. Uh, then they get stacks down, take him out to the floor, hit spilt milk, put him in the trunk. Oh, no, they've won 50% of the match so far. Um, they go to put Tony D in the trunk, but when they open it back up, Stax has found a fire extinguisher, sprays it in their face. Have that, you pricks. Uh, so he's, I think it's Prince is taken out of it. Uh, Kit Wilson get, gets hit with a crowbar and just so happens to fall perfectly into the boots. <laughs> um, again, Prince is still... Um, stumbling around, and he gets hit with. Uh, I, I forgot to get the. Oh, teachable moment! Teachable moment! From Vic Joseph here, but go back and watch him say, Battle Big Battle Boom! <laughs> as they hit the finish <laughs> through the table, chuck him in the trunk. Tony D's record of being goaded in the matches that he makes up continues, uh, and they get into the car and drive away, and that's not the last we'll see of him tonight. Uh, this wasn't very good. It was great. Lights out matches. Bar fights, Dijak in a cage matches, whatever. This, they're so like it's almost funny how unimaginable, like how unimaginative these matches are now. Yeah, like you're supposed to have like like all the weapons should be gimmicked. Remember all the things we fantasy booked for the lights out match, mm-hmm. thinking well one of the characters they've taken this literally. She puts the lights out to go to sleep, kendo sticks, chairs, bin lids, <laughs> like the worst pub of a all time, a wheelbarrow, like the worst pub of all time for the bar fight. That. It, it, these are some fun. These are rubbish. I'm this sorry. Is, this is every <laughs> single plunder brawl you've ever seen, except far more generic. There's no dynamism to this at all. It was just so there. Mm. If it was like a trunk match, could they not go silly? It's mobsters versus models in a souped up casket match variation. With the car and the trunk as the theme, could you not like? I don't know. What? Uh, what? Like? What's the um? Like, car, put someone through a windshield. Yeah, yeah. Like get a windshield wiper off the car, and then use it to like strangle someone when you're in a camel clutch, or push their face into the windscreen wipers and turn them on. Well, you should be booking this, Wilborn. That's genius. We have forklift stuff on AEW the other week. Have, like, another car or forklift crashing into the car. Or something like that. It's WWE. Put on a pretty deadly um, against the ring apron, the one that the side that faces the entrance tunnel, and have, like, a wheel off a car as a bowling ball. Like, pretty deadly's faces when they're precious... Penises <laughs> were about to get you know destroyed would be like it'd sell that great. Yeah, this, this is no fun. I did I, not have fun. No one else had fun. Have to be like a second car, and it's a pretty deadly car, and they want to put the family in their car. 
but like the batteries go yeah, on, they the, kind of on the Yeah, they telegraph the win. Yeah, on the little beep button. So like they refuse to like mucky the hands opening the boot the normal way and they're trying to press the button to open it automatically. It's like, well, I'm not opening it. Well, I'm not just like mud on it or It'd something. It'd be good if they chuck them both in there just waiting for it to automatically yeah. close. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Slowly, yeah. yeah. British car. Yeah. Maybe like a mini Cooper, mm-hmm. but the boot's not big enough. They've, we know for a fact they've got a black cab in the props department because they use it every f***ing time they come to the UK. Yeah, they do. <laughs> right. In a telephone box. It's a famous London telephone box. Hello, Newcastle! <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, uh, I didn't analyse this whatsoever because I was so heavily invested in the result and I was ecstatic when the family won. So that's my take on this. Unless you've got anything else to add. No. If anybody's got any bloody problems with that, you can come and see me. <laughs> Just... More later, though. Yeah, like, exactly. We have barely like, scratched like the surface. Um, right, uh, then we get uh, another car arriving this time, and it's got Tiffany Stratton in it ahead of the triple threat. And she says, Tonight, I give, <laughs> I give the NXT universe a break because the center of that universe claims her rightful spot at the top of the women's division. Crab baby Roxanne Perez. Oh, I've never been beaten by the title. Well, tonight I'm going to change that. Roxanne, you are so 2022, and we are in 2022. As for Indy Hartwell, your 15 minutes of fame are over. That cute little underdog story you've been got going on is so bar. Uh, after tonight's trouble threat, you can go right back to moping around with that bubba face everywhere you turn. Sorry, ladies, but I have it. So does that mean... Don't just suck my guess. Okay, no, I've got, I've got my things. <laughs> like, that's a main roster it. Got it. That's right, not thanks. the NXT. Yeah. I got confused there, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Tonight is Tiffany time. Great. Yeah, yeah. fine, fine. Uh, i tell you what was, was also great again. Your favourite. Duke Bloody Hudson. Yeah. Goes in to see Andre Chase whilst clutching that MVP trophy <laughs> for all it's worth. Uh, and uh, Andre Chase, understandably, is a little bit... Um, Unsure of himself about to face Brown Breaker. Um, and uh, gives this pep talk to Andre Chase to kind of get him back into it. Um, Duke says, like, I've sent the rest of Chase you home. It's just us. Um, you know, I know he's a dominant former NXT champion, is Bron Breaker, but uh, you've got all these students and me who believe in you, and that motivates Andre Chase. And he says, Yeah, I'm going to give Bron a Chase University sized ass whooping. Do you know what? We'll talk a bit about the match and the other stuff Bron Breaker does in the show. This was a really great night for Bron Breaker. So I'll try and just isolate it to this bit here. In that, you've obviously got this really cool Chase U drama that we're all into. And Duke Hudson's so fantastic. And now there's a trophy. Now there's a bit. That reminds me of Christian carrying around Edge's King of the Ring trophy that year. Now there's this prop that's probably going to factor into the eventual breakup, whatever. But with as much as we take the piss out of the, the cookout and everybody going, he's not got a chance in hell against Bron. Like... It's all a very effective way to put Bron over. Like, a lot of time was spent putting over the fact that Andre Chase is going to die here. So as much as that's good for the Chase U stuff, it's quite, dare I say it, like Undertaker-style booking. Wrestlers would have to, in the build, would have to be terrified. Oh, Christ, we've got to fight the Undertaker. That's really good for Bron's new character. This guy that just absolutely murders people with this spear. He's a killer machine. It should be affecting your everyday. It mm. shouldn't just be out he comes to the ring and then he remembers when he gets to the ring like, and knocks his knees. Oh, no, I forgot I was fighting Bron Breaker. It's all any of them have been able to focus on. What are you, what are you doing out there? He, even he didn't ask for this match. Yeah, we forget, I, yeah, I think that's quite effective. I like this heel character. I think that's part of it. I like it. There's already, to me, jumping ahead, an indication that they're not going to get it right in the ring. But we'll get there. Yeah, we got the match. Uh, Chase realised he has to get on him straight away if he has any chance. Beats him up in the corner. 
Uh, but Breaker takes over and starts mauling him. Uh, Chase does get a bit of offense in again, starts fighting back, but gets body, gets body slammed down, um, whips Chase into the corner, charges at him, but Chase dodges, and Bron hits the ring post. So Chase goes after the arm, goes for the Chase, you stomps, but Bron's like, you're not doing that to me, you twat. Gets up, takes his head off with a lariat, the military press power slam combo, and then he puts him in the Steiner recliner. We didn't picture the submission, which I like. It makes him seem like even more of a bitch. And you were saving some of the big... Impact, yes, for later as well. It was preserving how like important that was going to be later. They listen. We know they listen. Thank you for listening and subscribing, WB. And I appreciate they engineered the chase you spots for you, Wilborn, because you asked for it on yesterday's pod. But they over-engineered it. They for the chase you stomps to work. The opponent's got to be incapacitated enough for Andre yep, to get started. My exact problem, right? So rather than just like what they probably should have done was Andre Chase like attacks him with a weapon or like puts the jumper over his head or something a way to incapacitate for the stomps for that cool nah not yes. happening you're dead that was absolutely worth it but they thought too hard about getting to it yeah and I wish they thought creatively this has to happen in 10 seconds max it cannot be we'll have a minute and a half of back and forth to get to that bit because then the next yeah. bit is great so you see what I mean like the, it was worth getting there but it was at the expense of like, really, don't even really want him landing a blow. Like, somehow, I don't know, a chop block? I don't know, just brawn on the floor, just long enough, not even. But in their mind, it's like he's got to hit the post, he's got to be brought down to one knee, all that kind of stuff. Get him down there in, like, five seconds and then have Bron counter him straight away and beat him in ten. I He just sold too much. Jesus Christ. Get Learn it! It annoys me no end when you watch Bron Breaker in the ring and he should be presented differently because he's just a completely different, terrifying athlete. This The sort of athlete so gifted and rare that their usual stuff that doesn't involve a weapon, it just looks like it could just implode your ribcage. Do not make him sell. It's stupid. Treat him differently. Like, be more imaginative in your booking. Dicks. Such boring regulation dicks. It's weird. It feels like we're doing too much analysis here. But because I'm going to put over how great I thought the attack was later on the show, this sort of thing that Sidgwick describes has me concerned that there isn't this great mellow breaker match at the end of all Of course there isn't. Like the heel, like I'm thinking, oh, well, the heel now, now there's a clearly defined heel babyface dynamic where there wasn't and it really missed it, I think, stand and deliver. Breaker taking the bulk of the match, is it that exciting? I'm not sure. I think it's got to be quick and it's got to mm. be deadly and dangerous and it's just got to be that. Like, they've got on their hands here. They've got the Goldberg stuff, but the the villainous version, like a lot of crushing people in that way that's, like, too exciting. To the point where long-term, he turns babyface again. This stuff is too cool to yeah. not start cheering. I don't know. I don't know what that... I'm not 100% confident that match is going to work out the way people want it to. But yeah, made a hell of a statement a little bit later on. Before that, um, we got a video package hyping up Carmelo Hayes ahead of his title match. Uh, and then Mackenzie Mitchell's backstage reporting on the kidnapping that we witnessed at the start of this show when uh, she sees uh, Ilya Dragunov walking through the back, tries to get away with him, but in comes that punk rep, uh, Jack, <laughs> who beats the crap out of him and then closes a roll-up door on his chest. Yeah! He was, like, so determined. I don't know if this was good or bad. Dragunov was, like, countering and fighting back. And I think that's really cool because it does look a bit silly sometimes when a wrestler lies there and you've got to, like, reach all the way up. And put it like, travels quite a long way. A second is a, is a lifetime on television. But it was such a battle. If I'm Dijak, I'm like, 
There's other way. This is quite an elaborate way to do somebody yes. in. I think I'll just put the boots to him. I'll just <laughs> I'll just stomp his head that is completely exposed to me into the ground instead of like no get back on the floor right I'm reaching up again. Why did you stop me doing that? Like was, <laughs> I don't know if there's like I love the garage onto the person's chest spot, but I think this was an attempt to like try and make it more legitimate than it needed to be. It never looks that good. It's better in um, theory than execution. Mm. I think. Yeah. He's going to have taped up ribs, obviously, though, next week. But he likes that a bit, doesn't he? Well, those are pain. For him alive, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 His training vignette is going to be, he's going to get an associate to, like, do the garage door to him, like, on purpose. Like, oh, again, 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 he's going to, like, train his chest and his stomach muscles up so that he can oh. absorb garage doors. Yeah, so he doesn't want to do that because he likes the pain. That's why these characters make enough... Sense. I saw this. Uh, There's a boxing training video I saw, and they get people to line up and they put their hands up in the air and they tense their ab muscles. And someone just like hits them with it, hits them with like a, I don't know what it is, a bit of leather or something that just obviously hardens them the up. So, but like, I was like, I watched that, I went, I don't think boxing's for me, lads. <laughs> as if, as if I was like, oh, up until that point, I was going to be a stone cold killer, but yeah. a bit of a slap on the stomach. No, thank you. Uh, then it was time for Cora Jade versus Bird Person. Um, <laughs> it was a relatively brief, straightforward win, win for Cora Jade here. We're recording this way later than we ordinarily would just for scheduling reasons. Yes. And I can't remember a thing about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Don't come to me. Jade was uh, in control when we come back for a break. Uh, Valkyria made a bit of a comeback. Jade just keeps cutting her off. Then goes for her kendo stick that she brings to ringside. And the referee's like... You can't use that. It's a kendo stick. They have a bit of a tug of war. This allows uh, Bird Person to throw a spin kick. Um, Jade recovers, though. Chop blocks uh, Valkyria. Hits her with that DDT and gets the one, two, three. This was proper rote. Heels do these things in wrestling. They always have, so you do these things, Cora. Mm. And I maybe wouldn't be as critical of that as if it was on a raw, but this is literally in the performance center, so you know what tapes she's been encouraged to watch. It was too flavorless. Like, the performances... Uh, Cora Jade is this heel that is, like, genuinely... I know this is a cliche, but, like, her character has been on quite, like, a journey in the NXT lifespan. And at this point, like, there should be more of that flowing through the moves. Meanwhile, she's fighting a bird person. So that should have a bit of bollocks to it as well. <laughs> it, was, it was really very flat. And it was like, if they... You could see this match taking place with them wearing their property, the performance sentence of T-shirts yesterday when they were practicing it. it the... the Gimmicks and the characters and that's any kind of story that's didn't come nine out. out of ten in NXT matches. Yeah. You say there's not much in this match to crow about then. Yeah. Hey. 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 Uh, Traffic and travel next. <laughs> <laughs> Tony D and Stax are uh, driving round in the car <laughs> with the cameraman. Yeah. Cameraman <laughs> in the radio. I don't know what the or like dash cam or something, uh, and you can hear <laughs> from pretty deadly in the in the trunk. Uh, and Stack says, ha, ha, what a night, her boss. Sure took care of them. Terrible. Awful voice. And worse. Tony D's, oh, the family represented tonight, huh? Hell yeah, boss. <laughs> Stax, you were unstoppable tonight. Anything that came your way, you were on top of it. And then Stax, hey, wait, wait a second, boss. You hear something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think so. And then they'll give, us each, give each other a bit of a look. Check it out. Dax goes around to look and opens the trunk up, and the two men who are on the process of to, to be murdered go, "Help! <laughs> Please don't kill us!" Dax goes, "Oh, you want to start trouble? 
Take that, huh? And he slams the boot on their head 20 times or whatever. Uh, comes back round. So are they dead at this point? Pretty dead. Pretty dead? I think, yeah, I think they're maybe unconscious now. And Stax comes around and gets back in. And Tony says, Oh! Nothing. Anyway, what we seeing was easy night. Tony says, Oh, pretty deadly, my ass. What was it? It was the men in the boot. Lindy Hartler. Exactly what you thought it would be. <laughs> God, how far we've fallen, man. Remember when, like, Nash Lawn Darts Ray and the Florid- Floridians that live nearby call the police? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's an actual murder, <laughs> like a very protracted attempted murder taking place across two hours. Shrug. Shrug. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Time for the NXT Championship match. It was Carmelo Hayes versus Grayson Bloody Waller, uh, who has a, a lady carrying out a golden shoe uh, for his victory parade if he wins. Uh, Melo is in control early on because he's better in kayfabe than, than Grayson Bloody Waller. But Waller's got the smarts and he realizes what he can do. So he chucks a chair into the ring at one point. That distracts Melo and the referee. Trick Williams runs around to be like, what are you bloody doing? And Waller hits him with a chair shot. Mello sees this, rushes to him, um, but Waller cuts him off and hits him with a clothesline on the floor. Uh, and I think that's when we go to break. When we come back, Trick's been he's been taken out because he's injured. And now Waller's got the advantage. Um, but Mello comes back, kicks, chops, uh, hits that pump kick and a springboard leaping DDT. That looked great off the middle rope, to be fair, for a two count. Um, Mello goes up top, but Waller just rolls far enough away that you can't get to him. Um, but uh, So he goes after him. Uh, Hayes manages to hang him in the ropes. No, sorry, William Waller tries to hang him in the ropes, hits him in the head, goes for that stunner of his, uh, but it gets countered, and there's a big kick and a sit-out powerbomb for two. Um, they're trading shots. Um, Waller, out of nowhere, gets in with his stunner, but Mello, brilliant. I love that. I always love that spot. I'm a sucker for that. He's like, I've got you. And then they just roll out of the ring like, no, 
oh, that was my chance. Um, so Waller's like, bollocks to this, clears the announce table, puts Mello onto it. Big elbow drop through the table, chucks him back in. By the time he's taking to faff about doing all that, that's allowed Mello to recover and just kick out at two. He goes for that running cutter stunner thing that he does. Um, where he flips into the ring, but he tweaks his ankle seemingly as he goes to do it. Hayes gives him a super kick, and they just go to the finish then with that uh, leaping sort of guillotine leg drop that he does. One, two, three, um, and uh, I hope Grayson Waller's all right. It's fine. It's just the way out. Yeah. It's the way out. I hate it. If you're going to do that bit, work it over all match long. Mm -hmm. So at least someone comes out of it looking strong, and the finish seems decisive. At least get Carmelo Hayes over as a strategist who's like capably sort of worked over a limb to the point where he's lured his opponent into a trap. That person's weakness, that opponent's weakness has become too apparent, too much pain to bear, and they've just won because they've played wrestling chess. Hate the idea that, ah, oh, what a mistake. I wonder if I just watch this fallen. Who's really won? It's yeah. my least favorite wrestling get out. Like, the roll-up gets all this grief. It doesn't just have to be a roll-up to be a banana skin. And that's what this was. People just associate it with the, the music playing and the surprise roll-up. This was the same. I was really disappointed with that finish because I was really enjoying the match. I, I enjoyed well. the match way um, more than I thought. This was a nice bit of business up until that finish. Grayson Waller has got that. We've talked about this before. When he jumps, it's like as he jumps, there's like extra springs in his boots. That I, I can't describe it. And I've seen very few wrestlers have this talent. It's just, it adds this extra oomph to all of his high spots that like, Bing, jump. And then he mm. goes, like, he's hit a sonic spring first, and then he jumps. <laughs> so it's not even like it gives him, like, extra height. It's more the propulsion of it, and it's he bumps with it as well. And, I, like, I really loved him in this. Mello was great. Um, I, I don't want to say Mello was great keeping up with Grayson Waller, but it did have that kind of vibe about it, to be honest. Like, it did feel like uh, Grayson Waller's match. And fair enough, because it's Mello's first title defense, and you want to build a... Like, it's really hard to build drama in a first title defense because you just assume the champion's going to yeah. return. So maybe that was why. Maybe that was why this was really loud. The table spot was... I was ready to just be like glowing with praise for that because Waller's done this before. He's got like a big dangerous high spot in him, but especially when it happens in the ladder matches, it's fake and forced and just grab the title, mate. Like, you know, like there yeah. are the situations where it's not been the most logical, but to do it after you've hit the finish and you've had the rollout and the frustration and the desperation, I was believing it. He's a bastard. So the baby face, but like, bugger, rolling back in, trying to get the pin. Grayson Waller's like, well... When in Rome, I'm going to do... I bought that, and I thought this was going really well. I'm really enjoying... Again, I don't know like how much it's going to make Mellow's matches better from a technical point of view, but I am already really enjoying the Mellow Williams mm -hmm. story at this point. I think that's going to make for great drama across this title run. So a lot of positives and a bit of a cop-out of an ending. Like, they want Waller to mean something. I get that. Beat him again, because you've got such a good character that he can fix that himself. Yeah. I was annoyed by the finish. It was just deflating, like, oh, all right, okay. just feels fake when you can see the hand of the author and what that author wants you to think. And when that thought that they want you to think is, you're an idiot. <laughs> so what you have to realize is that, you know, Grayson Waller's going to be okay. I, I know. Mm. Really good. Mm. Um, this was pretty hollow thrills, fireworks spots, nothing particularly intricate, but... They were creative and very, very well-timed, and I just got wrapped into it. Uh, and it was all about the post match, really, because uh, Carmelo Hayes grabs yeah. a microphone, calls out, Brian uh, and says, let's have a bare-knuckle fight, then. 
28th of May, NXT Battleground. Uh, of course, the next big pay-per-view of theirs. Uh, and Breaker's music hits, and there's Trick now back in the ring with Mello for part of the celebration. They turn to face the entranceway, but Breaker ambushes them with a hell of a blindside attack. He comes in, spears Trick Williams out of his shoes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carmelo Hayes gets thrown out of the ring. He puts Trick in the Steiner recliner, and he's tapping, and he won't let him go, and he finally lets him go. And I was like, okay, yeah, very good. You've made your statement. And then he goes, no, 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 this is my statement, mate. Gets out and hits a huge spear through a bloody wall. Like this was just shoot great, no notes. This wasn't the standard WWE barricade spot. The spears are so awesome, so well delivered and so well sold that it just felt real. It felt like, I know he was called out, but I thought it felt genuinely like a transgression that the attack was as effective as it was because Mello the babyface calling Bron out makes you think we're going to have a fair fight, maybe a pull apart, maybe Breaker does the cowardly heel thing and says, I know I could, but not tonight. I don't want you to have any excuses. This was a bit of a crime scene and I loved it. Felt dangerous. And I always say... It's such a bizarre, stupid environment that when you can appear cool or dangerous or emotional in it, then it means so much more. It's kind of like a weird trial NXT. It is developmental, but it feels like a trial. If you can do something that hits those particular things for me, I'm all the more impressed and got that here. Braun kind of comes across quite smart here as well because he took himself out of the contention for a title shot knowing that he'd be fresh on the night that Melo was defending his, his belt. Mm. So it's like he's been a champion. He's also very angry and bitter, and it kind of plays into all those character traits that he wants to give himself the most advantage to get his title back. Uh, then we get the promo for Roxanne Perez, talking about being inspired by women wrestlers. It is still weird. I realize that I'm old now, watching people like, yeah, I grew up watching the Bellas and AJ Lee, and I was like, What? <laughs> Yeah. And now they're obviously doing this. And she talks about wearing bows in her hair to represent all the girls she hopes to inspire. Uh, and then Joe Coffey is on the phone talking about, you can pour me a big beer and I get a wee drink after the show. Uh, it's a mark, I think it was. Uh, hangs up and here comes... Oh, Wolfgang. The only two people that will hang around with him. <laughs> here comes the lead um, Along with Ava, no surname, it's the rock store. Um and uh, he, they want a fair tag team championship rematch. Uh, and they're like, no, bollocks. Joe's like, no, no. Um, and Joe's like, all right, me and you, bare knuckle fight next week. If I win, the get their rematch. Otherwise, they don't get another shot at the tag titles. Um, and Joe agrees, walks off, and Ava says, don't forget to get yours. And Joe says, in time. <laughs> Rubbish, like useless delivery, but I look forward to you reviewing it. And it made me realize as well that for months, maybe even years, you were begging WWE, please, please do something with the Grizzly Young Vets. It's like Gibson, best promo ever. Please do something with the Grizzly Young Vets. You're so good with the day ed bit that they're going to leave WWE and then they're going to be on impact having like really boring tag matches or something. They're going to ROH at least having really boring tag matches we don't review. And you'd be like saying, Bring back your yeah, yeah. You're both wrong because they're going nowhere. This is the start of them being returned to the Grizzle Young Veterans and then getting a poosh in WWE. Smackdown on Fox. Yes. Because <laughs> what's going to happen? What's going to happen? <laughs> what's going to happen is Joe Gacy's going to lose next week. Your dad are going to say you 
screwed us with that. We didn't say anything about this. We're out of this bloody group, and you know what? We like Liverpool. So we're going to go and do that. The Dyads don't get another title shot, but the grizzled young veterans, they can have a title shot any day. You're wasting our time. (laughs) Is this nonsense? We'll say a good point. We should save it for the preview next week. Uh, Right. Then it's time. Ill, an ill man. I tell you what, my heart can't take more of this because it's time for Josh Briggs and Fallon Henley versus Brooks Jensen and Kiana James. First of all, gear check, thoughts on uh, Brooks Jensen? Like, looks cool, but that's it's over now. That's dead. So. <laughs> it's dead, it's dead. I was into three more weeks, that's minimum, so. Yeah, uh, he didn't mess about. Josh Briggs was like, let's take it easy because we're former tag team partners. Tag team champions at one point, yeah. Next to UK tag yeah, team yes, champions. Yes, that's it, yeah. Oh, UK, UK. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they didn't mess about. Anyway, uh, then the the women come in and uh, Fallon sets up to do that uppercut in the bottom rope. <laughs> it looks like Brooks Jensen's going to clock her. So Briggs, get out of the way. Drop kicks in. Fallon hits it. Um Brooks sends Briggs into the ring steps. Stay with me. That's Jensen sending Josh Briggs into the <laughs> ring steps. Uh, Kiana gets knocked off the apron into Brooks's arms. Oh. Uh, and he spins her around into a kick on Fallon Henley. Um, and we go to a break. When we come back, Kiana James takes over the forearm. Fallon comes back with a face buster. Um, Kiana hits the jawbreaker uh, and a snake eyes. Um, Kiana then literally tells Jensen... Hit Fallon Henley, but thankfully Josh Briggs breaks all that up. Um, he comes in, takes over, starts battering Jensen. Um, the, and, and then <laughs> Brooks Jensen channels his inner Will Ospreay, starts hitting a <laughs> hidden blade to the back of <laughs> Josh Briggs' head. Yeah, it's better than carrying crosses, I'll yeah. tell you that. He's <laughs> been wrestling for two years. <laughs> the visible blade. <laughs> what are you doing behind my back? Oh, no, you're coming to hit me. Can't get on with it then. <laughs> A brain buster gets two. Let me boot. Outside, Kiana knocks Fallon down. We talked about this, and she gets the loaded purse, gives it to Jensen, uh, but he's absolutely dog <laughs> shit because uh, he goes to hit it, goes to hit Josh Briggs with it, misses, lets go. It hits Kiana James, knocks her off the apron. She goes, "What have you just done?" And he goes, oh, no, turns around, Larry, at one, two, three. <laughs> it was woefully performed, that spot, wasn't it? A lot, Great. yeah, this match was uh, veered between woeful and just there. <laughs> it was just there. So, and, and he was going to do it. So at the end, like, the aftermath of, like, we're still here for you. He was going to hit you. <laughs> it was like, it was like, I, I can't do it. it was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to call after this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, after the match, Gianna James is like, you bloody idiot. And he's like, it's okay, baby. At least we still got each other. And she goes to slap him and he catches the hand. And oh, well, you're, looks, was you going to slap me? He looks at Shawn Michaels. He looks at someone else's hand. <laughs> uh, and he, he says, well, how would you do that if you love me? Gianna James looks him dead in the eye and says, I never loved you. <gasps> And I slowed it down, like in The Simpsons. You can literally pinpoint the moment his heart breaks. Keanu James walks off. Jensen's heartbroken. But like you say, his friend Josh Briggs is there, hugs him, and now everything's apparently fine. <laughs> I bought this. They know deep down he was just trying to get his nut. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not a bad man. He was just a horny man. 
and sometimes they are one and the same. Look at the YouTube comments, raw review, wherever your podcasts, <laughs> yeah. wherever you get them from. But they knew deep down it was just a phase he was going through. I like how the twenty somethings are like fifteen. Dominic Mysterio <laughs> Jensen and like the actual like and they were either fifteen years old in the case of Dominic Mysterio and Brooks Jensen, or they're like fifty, like Nathan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a weird, stupid company this is. I was uh, annoyed watching this. I'm gonna do copium. Like, oh come on, guys. Like you. Yeah. Like you do with Cody. It's going to win it at SummerSlam. Come on, I need some adversity first. I'm going to have copium in my head now. Maybe um, Keanu James is going to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I need you back. I shouldn't have said that. I was the heat of the moment when, I, when we lost. This felt pretty final to me. Mm. This felt like the end of the storyline. No. WWE you finally finished the story, and I didn't want him to. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't done a wedding yet. That's it. We're talking about wedding. There were so many places this could go. Have they dropped the idea that it's like, Fallon and Jensen, who belong together. Well, it was... Because um, she he accused her of jealousy last week. Yeah. And there wasn't even a... No, no! <laughs> it was more like, what? Do you remember the weeks when they were, like, finishing each other's sentences yeah, and stuff? It was, like, was so sweet, wasn't it? And Bring it back, WWE. We well, know I need them to f- man. I need them to suck and f- Lick and grow... Grow... <laughs> Dry hump. I could well see next week because of obviously the bond that is being rebuilt between Briggs and Jensen. If not Fallon Henley just yet, which is a bit more standoffish, that they're all back at the bar together. I'm sorry, guys. Drowny sorrows. He sort of like, kind of like ceremonially takes his ponytail out of a ponytail and it's just his little cowboy mullet flops back down. That's when love walked in through the door. But it's not love. It's Kiana James. And to Sidgwick's point, she's like... Yeah, it was heat, heat of the moment. I want you back. And he's like, he's torn and he's in the bar. And Fallon's, Fallon like, has gone to change a barrel. So she comes back up. She's buzzing. She's like, oh, he's here. And finally, well, there's this camera in a barrel. Uh, and it sees her um, practicing to herself, confessing. Yeah. Look, I didn't want to say anything whilst you're in the midst of a relationship. But now you're back on the market. I want to suck and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Follows her out of the cellar, back upstairs. And she gets back into the bar. And it's when Kiana's turned up. Brooks is conflicted again. Oh, God, there's still so much juice in this fruit. There better be. There better be. I'm really, the same final. Yeah, a little bit. Um, anyway, Mackenzie. Like, I'm going to be worried next week if I don't see any more development. Yeah, I mean, we'll forget about it from now until Tuesday. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It, won't, it won't register in my life at all. Like, at all. <laughs> like, because, like, we're not doing this for the matches. Did you see the f***ing in-ring? Like, <laughs> I, need, I need story. Yeah, no, this, <laughs> this in-ring was not so good, Al. Um... Mackenzie's there with Dragon Lee talking about uh, Noam Dar. Says, yeah, he, was, he looked great, but I'm more interested in that Heritage Cup, uh, and I'll sort out a match with him or something soon. Realised in that moment, I, f- I could never watch that match and just feel okay. Yeah. And it's going to be good. Yeah. What does that say about my current relationship with professional wrestling? Then I try not to think about it. Like, in this case, with, like, Cup, these wrestlers are saving themselves as a league, and so are we. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cup match. I need to watch that. Just wrestling, I don't need to watch that at the minute. <laughs> Um, and then it looks like we're going back, but the uh, screen has become corrupted um, by Batman. Oh, sorry, it's script. Because um, he sat on the ledge exactly like Batman. Uh, and then he says... Pathetic. He says this. Dear Axiom, I do not lurk in the shadows to intimidate. My riddles are questions to educate. I have crawled under your mask, into your mind, polluted your thoughts, and made you blind. Pay attention, please. Next week, 
everyone will learn for sure. Yeah, I'm doing this in my normal voice now because uh, he went to his normal voice. Uh, next week, everyone will learn for sure which one of us <laughs> believes in himself more sincerely scripts. Have you heard that effect yet? No. I've heard it the other week. It's great. <laughs> that character is stupid in this bit. Like, it's stupider than this bit. Yeah. It's such a redundant, ridiculous gimmick, isn't it? He's useless in the ring. He's a terrible... Like, is he Is he supposed to be a man of mystery? Because he's like... Nah. <laughs> <laughs> in his very sort of ostentatious look. <laughs> yeah, it was weird when he said he got under his mask. <laughs> like, it's like under your skin. Yeah. Under your mask. Because he just got under his face. <laughs> yeah, on his face. <laughs> look, we're going to get... I'm behind your eyes. <laughs> I'm on your eyelids, though. So I'm under your mask, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just next to you. Perched there. Yeah, yeah. What the hell are you talking about, mate? <laughs> bird, bird scripts. <laughs> but we're going to get Axiom. No! Hopefully unmasked as, a, as an end result of this. Yeah. Good. So. He's, he's very uh, handsome and marketable, I think. Yes. Probably shouldn't have put a mask on him in the first place. Yeah. Goodness me, it is a kid, but he is also a adult. <laughs> what? Uh, there's the indie <laughs> promo now to set up the, the triple threat later. Uh, talks about how this winning the title at Stand and Deliver wasn't just luck. It was years of dedication uh, and the belief that one day she'd hold it. How long did it take you to climb that ladder? <laughs> <laughs> it could all come and done in just three seconds. And she looks at the time and she says, nah, not tonight. Uh, and then we see uh, the stalker, NXT Anonymous, apparently, <laughs> Because uh, Sol Ruka says bye to someone and he's just creeping behind a film in it, walking through the performance center until <laughs> someone, I don't know who it could be, Michael Hamflet, Indy Hartwell, grabs her and beats the sh out of her uh, until her mate rushes back and says, Medical, medical help. I mean, it might not Are be. Are they asking Indy these performers now? to do too much to the knees at this point? Mm. I'd be flabbergasted if this is not a knee injury of some sort. I hope not. Love Soul Ruka. Uh, then it was debut time. We saw the bloke chucking around sofas and beer cakes before. Uh, Oberfemi. Do you know what I really liked about this? If, uh, by the way, Aura Mensa bumped brilliantly for this. Made him look like seven foot tall, which I think he is basically, and he can bench something ridiculous. They were hoying all the numbers up on the screen. It's one of those ones, uh, and if you're a long-time WWE watcher like the three of us, you know how this goes, especially if it's someone brand new. They overemphasize how much they say their name, Michael Sidgwick. So they say Michael Sidgwick. There's Michael Sidgwick doing Michael Sidgwick things in the, in the ring, just like only Michael Sidgwick can. So Vic Joseph, I think I meant to count, but every single one, it's, there's no he. It's Oberfemi's doing this. Oberfemi's doing this. That's Oberfemi. That's what we've been told Oberfemi can do. And Booker T goes, yeah, Oberfemi's doing great. <laughs> you just hear Vic Joseph go, Femi. I'm for Shawnee. <laughs> the amount of times this one. What are you talking about, Buck? Like, I, I love Vic Joseph's growing frustration and confidence to confront that. Vic Joseph, this is great, this. Sidgwick discovered the polar opposite to that with Vic Joseph, no less. Yes. That we watched back. Yeah. And I remembered reviewing this I at the time. this completely. And watching this back and being like, hang on, what's the name? And it's like you're waiting for the commentators. Can you please tell me your name? Because I need it for the review. And it's like, no, this is the actual show. And Sidgwick found the match in particular. Vic Joseph, when he was on Raw, calls, <laughs> calls um, Andrade and Zelina Vega versus Sin Cara and Catalina? Carolina? Carolina. It's not fault. They never, they never named it properly. And it's so funny when you watch this match because what I think has happened is that 
It's spelled Carolina because I've read it on WWE.com. Carolina. Mm-hmm. But maybe they thought it's pronounced Catalina. And then they can't do pronouns. So they're trapped. They're like, so um, Vic Joseph's completely trapped. He's like, I don't know what to do here. I can't say. And Zelina Vega's got her. You can't say that. Who could it be? Maybe the only yeah, yeah. woman in the ring. Maybe I can infer that, Vince. So because he, he's either forgotten the name or is scared that he can't remember how Vince likes it pronounced, when Carolina does a move to Zelina Vega, does a move to Zelina yeah. Vega, he goes, ah, oh, Zelina Vega. Well, <laughs> she hasn't done anything. <laughs> She's got bumped. Yeah. At least say, like, Zelina Vega's in trouble. He, he just doesn't know what to do. It's fantastic. <laughs> I don't if I remember, I'll, he, he does, like, 10 seconds before the end, pluck up the courage, I think. It's so obvious that he just doesn't want to commit. Mm. He does not want to commit. And then he goes, Carolina. And Vince obviously doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Great. If I remember, I'll put the YouTube link underneath. Uh, but yeah, I thought uh, Oberfemi looked great here in his debut. Uh, like I say, chucked Oromenta around, in the words of Adam Nicholas, like an empty tracksuit. Uh, Menta gets a bit of offense in, targets an arm, and then just eats an elbow. And then uh, Femi takes his head off and then hits the pop-up powerbomb for the one, two, three. Yeah, it was all right. The, I think there's loads of potential with Oberfemi, I do. But there probably wasn't enough of the spots like that, like the penultimate, the forearm that he hit towards yeah. the end, where you want, like, maybe... A couple more of them. Could in, have been like, leaner, this. Yeah, you want a bit more of a wow factor from somebody as clearly monstrously entertaining as he's going to be within this system. A couple more spots like that. I'm surprised Decent there up. wasn't like a, a Keith Lee, Isaiah Cassidy spot in there where he just sends someone flying. The whole thing is he's chucking people about. Yeah. Or chucking things about, sorry. Again, he looked like he, the opponent had his number. And now there's something match that said, I still think... The individual performance was very, very promising in it. And when he was getting overawed by the quicker um, Mensa here, and he was running the ropes and trying to strike and by building up the speed, he was still trying to hit Mensa before getting clocked. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, Wait, hang on. Whatever happened to Mensa? He was getting described as a veteran in this match. Wasn't he like a nightclub guy three months ago and then just <laughs> yeah. promptly disappeared completely? Yeah, they've never um, they never fleshed out his gimmick, did they? Yeah. They, they realized they, they never fleshed out any gimmick. <laughs> they, yeah, sorry. <laughs> they realized they, they were like quite short on jobber guys Aye. and they needed him for mm. that. Um, anyway, Gigi Dolene grabs Vic Joseph's uh, headset off him, cuts a promo about how JC was trash talking her and her family last week. Uh, and she says, next week I'm going to make your life a living hell, and I'm going to have my little brother ringside to watch me cave your face in. Again, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, I don't, I, mm, I don't it's, know. It's the most, it's so, oh, God. It's material you can't criticize delivered in the way that attracts the most criticism. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because it's pretty awful. They've stolen one. Mm. Uh, then Mackenzie's there with Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak uh, talking about what they did to Wesley uh, after he beat Charlie last week. And Dempsey says, no one remembers the first match, just the war. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Drew says he's got Lee's got an inferiority complex. That's why he has to defend the title all the time. 
Uh, I'm going to break him and win the North American title. That should be a good one match, to be fair. Gulak yeah. and, and Wesley. Yeah, be all right. uh, and Wesley's backstage watching this with Tyler Beat. Um, and Tyler's like, you're wearing yourself out, you are. Um, and he said, I'll tell you what, next week I'll be in your corner. And Wesley's like, thanks, Tyler Bate. Can we have a miscommunication that builds to Wesley versus Tyler Bate? Because that is the kind of capital G, capital M good match that I'd actually really want to see at this point. In oh, my f- life fatigued by good matches. That's the battleground. We have to deliver one banger match match. Yeah, now, yeah, isn't yeah. It? So, yeah. Do that. Main event time. Oof. Triple threat for the NXT Women's Championship. Indy Hartwell versus Roxanne Perez versus Tiffany Stern, um, who got her head kicked in initially because she started trash talking both of them. So they just decided to team up and kick her ass to start with. Uh, that takes us to a break very early on in the match. When we come back, um, oof. Roxanne Perez... Uh, has got both of them, both her arms, and she goes to do a sort of double springboard arm drag, and it does not go well. I'll just say that. She's supposed to pull. She's not seen the spot before. She runs the ropes, holding the hands on either side of her. The springboard effect pulls them two together. So, like, clashing like a noggin knocker type effect. They either forget that or mistime how they're supposed to run in a circle. And I think they, they weren't meant to get drawn together. Well, I don't not. think it was meant to be that complicated a sequence. I just think they were meant to like look up, watch Roxanne Pereira's do a roll, and then they get bumped. They were like moving around to the center, weren't they? And like, looked like they, were, like they looked like they were doing a dosey do spot when they should have been doing the opposite. It was yeah. very, very weird and shh and bad. Bad voice. Uh, Significantly. They are both knocked to the outside after that. Roxanne Perez does dives onto the both of them. It looks like Tiffany hits her head right on the edge of the announcer's table as well at one point, which looked like it sucked. Um, and then, uh, basically, uh, it's Roxanne Perez and Indy Hartwell on the outside a little bit later on. Stratton goes up top, uh, jumps off the turnbuckle to the outside, does a senton, and oh, I didn't notice this the first time. I did on subsequent replays. They, they obviously are there to catch her, but Hartwell's right leg, I think it was, gets yeah. caught underneath her, and it looks like, oh, she's horrifically injured. I'm sat down, right, and I'm going to just bend my yeah. ankle, and I, I, even bending it with no pressure on it like actually hurts if it mm. goes the wrong way. Fair play for completing this match. Oh, man. It it's one of those where I kind of don't like the precedent that this still happens. Yeah. Yes. It's hard to watch this, isn't it? it the way she was watch. trying to still run, and you realize that a wrestler run. I, yeah, I hate how they... Oh. I don't blame Indy Hartwell for this at all. No. It's very much in the... Well, Triple H is my boss, kind of, even though he's not. And he tore his quad, and he completed the goddamn match. What's your problem, huh? Let me get uh, you guys tough down under uh? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? It's his fault. Everything's his fault. It's I was trying to think of what the thing was. I was like, what's the matter? Didn't have your Vegemite sandwich. Uh? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what it was. I was like, something's not Marmite, is there? Are you going to try it? Were you going to be like a boomerang and come back? So anyway. Additional Australian still. <laughs> See them links hanging off like cooks off a hat. Those hats for corks. Cork hats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where are you going to recover? Home or away? Got any neighbors that can help you out? Austin, one of mine. <laughs> Preferred it back in my day that we met at work. Uh, so this leaves <laughs> Tiffany Stratton and Roxanne Perez having to sort of 
knocked together a one-on-one match for a while, and I sensed that Roxanne Perez was was leading this one. To be honest, um, uh, they set up for a high yeah. spot. Uh, Rob- that because they like slowed down for a second, and she spent about fifty minutes whispering the Old Testament into her ear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, it's like I don't know, Tina, but I kind of do any of this. I just, <laughs> you know, it's, the fiction's lost at this point. Well, like, <laughs> you don't. It's very rare that you get a freak accident like this, but it would be it would behoove the performance center to say. Sometimes things happen. What you should do is learn how to work <laughs> yeah. and uh, realize that, right, okay, if you give yourself a core bit of skill in terms of how to work, how to improvise, then, you know, this won't happen. And you might inject something called, like, soul and emotion and heart <laughs> into your matches. Just a thought. Uh, and you're still getting checked over whilst Perez does a super Frankensteiner off the ropes for a nice near fall. Um, and then Hartwell comes back. Seems like she would be gone, but no, she limps back out there, breaks up a pinfall by Roxanne Perez, um, tries to run wild as much as you can on one leg, basically. Uh, but in the end, Tiffany Stratton knocks down Roxanne Perez, hits the best moonsault ever, uh, goes for a cover, got the match won, but Indy Hartwell pulls Stratton out of the ring, drops her, uh, and then hits a version of her finisher again on one leg that she can and pins Roxanne Perez to retain the women's tag uh, to women's women's title. It's funny that we discussed Triple H's quad injury in the middle of this match because I was thinking of his second one in that RKO tag match and how incredible Shawn Michaels was improvising that finish where he just went insane and it was believable. All hell has broken loose. My partner is down like in a crumpled heap in the ring and yous have done this. I'm going to bat you and bludgeon you with a chair and then elbow you. It was really incredible how he whip that up as few other than Shawn Michaels could do. You kind of agent people to do that the same way, can he? Because no. once this match died, it died and it never came back. And like I did feel emotion for Indy Hartwell, but not the good kind. There was a match it reminded me of like Dalton Castle having to defend his title with his nearly broken back. And it was like this is just this get, feels weird. It's get, a video get rid of the title for video nasty of a match. Like it just felt really sorry for her. Felt sorry for the women because they're in this system that doesn't allow for improvisation. Mm. You could see, I don't want to like just put all the credit on Roxanne Perez and the blame on Tiffany Stratton or whatever, because they're both in the same system at the end of the day. Roxanne Perez was clearly the more experienced of the two and the more adept to be able to be like, right, we're going to have to do something. The the immediate go-to of the Frankensteiner is that wrestling thing of like, get them hot again, I've got this. Like, take this bump. But it was a, like this was a damning indictment on the whole system more than the women themselves. Yeah, of course it was. That cannot be underscored enough. Yeah, so I'm watching this going, that's a bit of a bum note to end spring breaking dude on. But we haven't gone to the lake yet, bro. Uh, And we do, because there's Tony D and Stacks at the water's edge. Tony says, oh, they've just disposed of bodies, basically. That's the, it's inferred. Oh, that was easier than the trunk. You think it's deep enough? Stacks says, oh, pretty deep, boss. They're sleeping with Luca Brassi now. Stax, listen. Those who want respect, take respect. And that is exactly what we did tonight. Pretty deadly, their history. But it ain't a mystery what's next for us. That's right, boss. Tag team gold. (laughs) He says, hey, damn right. And Gallus, they better get smart. Because if they ain't ready, they may end up like pretty deadly. Dead. (laughs) Dead on camera. Thanks. With a cameraman there, an accomplice. Light, lights as well. A witness. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's right, boss. Long ride, deep water. Oh, Stax, says Tony. We did some business for the family tonight. Now it's time to celebrate, huh? Stax says, let's go, boss, all night long. And they get in the car and they drive away. And the water's glistening in the moonlight. They've murdered two people tonight. Right, yeah. Invisible camera. Murder. Witness. Stupid. It's point. Uh, yeah, stupid. And it's going to be even more stupid if they appear on, like, Friday this week. <laughs> I didn't spot this or make the connection. But someone on Twitter or somewhere uh, I read this morning has realized that there might be uh, two things happening in parallel that, boop, you could put together. Pretty deadly. Dead. Or at least sort of left to fend for their lives in the uh, Floridian waters. The gators and the various mm. nasties that lurk within. WWE has trademarked gruesome twosome <gasps> for wrestling purposes. Oh, oh my what God. if oh Pretty God. Deadly? What if Pretty Deadly come back with like bite marks all over their body <laughs> and like um, <laughs> swampy hair and the comeback is the gruesome twosome? Great. Ugly deadly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty ugly. <laughs> I'm into it. I like it, yeah. It works in NXT. It won't work anywhere else, but it works yeah, in yeah. NXT. They should, just have the, they should have the NXT writers on the main roster. That's what they should do. It's so good as well, because how many call-ups from the old NXT happened, say, the night after WrestleMania, where the fans were in the building, and there was no even attempt to explain the character. Just you're in Little Cack, Arkansas, the next week is like... Pop for them then. <laughs> like, yeah. like, these people do not know who they are. They're not one of the very small number of people watching the network. The Tony Khan pop before the Tony Khan <laughs> yeah. pop, and yet the Tony Khan pop actually works because the audience knows them. And the new way is that you complain about Tony Khan. Like the I new like way defend him sometimes. Is this act that people loved enough on this brand that like call them up wholesale works decent. The gimmicks fully fleshed out, and every version of WWE ownership would like this. Vince Triple H doesn't matter. Tri- pretty deadly or a main roster act. Now the crocodile bike, pretty deadly. So you don't even get the originals coming up straight away. It's you like, might, you might, but I'd like. What about that. the Crucible Two? Could be about anything else. Who well, knows? I was just going to say, it's just a, a theory. Is yeah. NXT just one big version of the Wacky Races? I've just realised, like Tiffany Strand's Penel- Penelope pit stop. Yeah, like we did this whole bit before, right? Yeah, I know, yeah. but it's it, they've, literally, <laughs> they've literally gone and called them the Gruesome Twosome now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've actually just embraced it. The wood chip gang, or what they're called. That's Briggs and Jensen. Or they stay in NXT as the gruesome twosome. That's the worst. I just hope they do that. I bloody love the wacky races, me. I've seen more gruesome things in a Glasgow bar than on this show. That's Gary. Wacky races is low-key goated, by the way. That and Jonathan Creek, probably. Two best. If anything. Anyway, uh, that has been uh, our review of uh, Spring Break, and we should probably wrap up. Yes. Jesus Christ, Stax, you're looking a bit hyped up. You were good tonight, baby. You love a murder, don't you, Stax? Yeah. Or, or a d- disappearance. So my uncle dropped the quarterback. What's your uncle called? One second. Vito. <laughs> <laughs> yep, checks out. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> Stitch, what's the deal with murder? Murder. Oof, that's, a, that's, a, that's a heavy one, Stax. Murder is when um, you are either pathologically insane or psychotic and you decide you want to do this on a mass or um, serial scale, that is, you kill a lot of people at once or you kill a lot of people in a sort of, like, horrible, systemic, and, you know, it's got all of these um, 
you know, asks so many profound questions about the nature of evil, nature versus nurture, what causes evil. You know, it could be a crime of passion where an ordinarily, you know, like pleasant, nice, functional member of society, just something horrible happens to him, he's been wronged, and they snap. Um, and it results in the death of someone, mm-hmm. punishable depending on where you are by death or incarceration. That's the deal with murder stacks. I love Mida, I'll fing do it again. Sitch, <laughs> hear about the guy. I was legitimately worried about how do we, where's the pivot point coming in? Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> hear about the guy, Sitch, who went around moitering people with a melted clock and a long legged elephant. <laughs> Not you, Nelly. How you doing, Daisy? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> oh, hear about yeah. that? Said you can't kill, kill people with melon clocks and long-legged elephants. Not you. Uh, it was a surreal killer. Ah! A surreal killer. <laughs> okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's good stuff, that. Sitch, question <laughs> joke number one. Who is the greatest... <laughs> oh, I like this one. Sorry, I couldn't cross you there. <laughs> couldn't you there, Stacks. Shut up, you! Who is the greatest chicken killer in Shakespeare? Chicken killer chicken in killer. Shakespeare. Romeo and Giblets? <laughs> yeah. Ro- yeah, why Romeo not? and Giblets? Good! I'm right! It's Macbeth! Because he did moita most foul. Ah! Moita most foul! Yeah. yeah. Making you think today. <laughs> yeah. Pamphlet. Yep. Question joke number two. What did the axe murderer say when he was in a hurry? Right. Rush. He's in a rush. He's got an axe. What are the words for axe? Are they hatchet? Hatchet. What egg jokes he'd save that one for? Handle? Handle it? I don't know. I don't know. Stan. Don't know, Stan. What did the axe murderer say when he was in a hurry? Chop, chop. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's a simple one for the thick ones listening to the podcast. (laughs) We didn't get it. What are you trying to say, Stan? No, not you guys. You guys are smart. Yeah, street smarts. You book book smarts. You know, apart from Shakespeare, apparently. I'm book smart, Stacks. Nice to be on the news today, by the way. (laughs) Good to see. uh, Good to see Andy Murray. Big fan of mine. I hear. Stacks. Did you know, Stacks? You might not actually. That uh, Cedric's so book smart. He's wrote two books, including one on the rise of all elite wrestling. What? Uh-huh. What's this all about, Sigi? Well, um, you know you like Murder of the Godfather? Yeah. And Gabagool. <laughs> do you also like passionate and insightful words? I do around like 120,000, though. No way. What? Well, that's the precise word count, oh more or my less, God. of my book, which is available on Amazon, uh, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. Yeah, but I know, I know I come over here... But I mainly live in the States. I want to buy something for Tony D's birthday. It's on Amazon. Oh, my God. Perfect. Final joke. Final question. Final joke for you, Sidge. What do you call it when a guy gets moited during sex? <laughs> Why is it always <laughs> like this? Um, right. I think it's going to be. You know that? Yeah. It's like. Set up again. What do you call it when a guy gets moited during sex? 
pretty painful, but at least you ain't got to deal with it in the morning or something like that. Uh, that's the kind of thing like stacks. Way to go. Yeah, because oh, that's stacking way to go. Yeah, because yeah. that's how stacks is a hell of an effing way to go. Good, not right. Stacks is a bit sexist. Yep. What do you call it when a guy gets moited during sex? <laughs> Die hard. Die hard. <laughs> that a fucking erection. He's getting his head cut off. See you later, guys. <laughs> Bye, Stax. I, like, I suppose murder is like birthday and Christmas at once. Stax yeah, he really loves it. Yeah. Right, let us know your thoughts <laughs> on NXT Spring Breaking. <laughs> oh, bro, it's just like, dude, you get the best barrels ever, dude. Just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them. And you just drop in and just smack the lip. Drop down. And then after that, you just drop in, you just ride the barrel and get pitted. So pitted like that. On Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch the naked follow up three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilmore. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. For daily wrestling podcast, the Dynamite Preview is available right now. But for now, this has been the NXT Review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys to Stacks. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 